Yo, 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 yo. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Peace of Mind podcast. My name is Austin, and across the camera lens for me is my buddy Justin. Justin, how are you doing today, man? I'm doing absolutely fantastic. Thank you for asking. We're on a little bit of a late start today for this recording, but, you know, it is what it is. It is what it is. But, yo, what a great weekend of football that we just had. Um, one, of the, one of the all-time great weekends. You're right about that, man. Yeah. And um, I can't wait to get, get, get right into it. So um, before we do that, though, a huge thank you for all the people who are returning back to us on this listen. Thank you. Uh, if you're a first-time <laughs> listener on the show, thank you for joining us. If you want to be part of the huge thank you club, come back next week on this listen, and you'll be VIP in that exclusive club. So like I said, Justin, this was the, one of the best weekends of football I think I've seen in a long time. And for those of you who don't know, before we get into all the football talk, because I know we're all really eager to talk about it. American football, may I add? Amer- I know American this. football. You're American right. football, of NFL course, the NFL football. specifically, right? NFL specifically. Before we get into all that, though, at the Peace of Mind podcast, we have a uh, specific purpose. And I think me and Justin are generally on the same page, and we're on the same page about this idea. So I'm going to let Justin kind of break down what we as the Peace of Mind podcast are about. So, Justin, please uh tell the people what we're trying to do here absolutely so for a long time uh me and us have both observed obviously i think a lot of us on tv we watch right uh and and we want to do what the people are on tv are doing we want to talk about sports we want to get paid for it we want to be able to ultimately have some path to do it as a living that being said if you didn't play in the nfl or coach or own a team or or maybe you you went to college for journalism if you didn't do those things i I mean realistically there's not many ways to get into it uh that being said you know, podcasts are huge. YouTube is huge. There's a bunch of different outlets that people can talk about sports on. It just seems that maybe there hasn't really been anyone super huge to break into that scene yet and really make it obvious to every sports fan around the world that you can do this for a living and you don't need to do it the way it's traditionally been done. Uh, So of course, that's what we are here for. And even if we don't become the biggest show at the very minimum, what we hope to accomplish here is to at least provide a pathway or at least I don't know, create a lane, right? Is that, is that a good term? Create a lane for people who, who want to do this. And we want to prove to not just everyone listening, but to ourselves that this is something that can be done. And all you need to do is show up every week and work hard and do it. So that's what we're all about. And uh, that's why we're better than everybody else that you're listening to, I guess, right? That's kind of the point. That's why you're here and not somewhere else. It's because you support that cause, Asif, right? I would say so. If you do support the cause, there are a few ways you can help us out in this cause, okay? Uh, One way in particular that me and Justin are really trying to push to the people, subscribe to whatever listening platform that you are using, whether it's Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. There's a little subscribe button that you can click on, and it'll give you updates on whether me and Justin bring new episodes out or when our weekly episode comes out. Um, Absolutely. And we know, listen, we know you're here every week. You know, we get it. But at the same time, why not be notified, right? And on top of it, the subscribe is going to help us in those complicated little online algorithms that push us out to other people. So we know you're listening and we know you're every week. Thank you for it. In fact, a huge thank you for it, as I said at the beginning of the show. But again, subscribing is one, going to notify you the exact moment it comes out. And two, it's going to help us on a grander scale beyond just your listen, but actually showing platforms that people want to listen to this show. Absolutely. Uh, And with that, on top of that, there's other things that you can do leave a five-star review for me and Justin. If you're going to subscribe to us, you're obviously coming back every week. So leave a five-star review because you know what? Me and Justin are pretty damn good at this, I think, right now. We're about a full season in. 
we're having a pretty good run right now. So leave five stars. That'll be really nice for uh, us to see. And then another thing you could do, check out the Instagram page that me and Justin have. It's at the Peace of Mind Podcast with a K. And I almost forgot a K instead of a C in the word podcast. And guys, if you're wondering why that is, if it was up to us. We would have had a C. Right? I agree. But realistically, there's a lot of people on Instagram, right? So we had to do a K instead of a C. So it's the Peace of Mind Podcast with a K. That's if that right. wasn't clear enough. Absolutely. And with that, on that page, there's a bunch of funny crap on there. We make fun of a lot of people in the NFL. And we give our opinions on there. And we love engaging with the fans on the Instagram page. Uh, real fun stuff gets put up on that thing. Um, with that, Jay... Let's Hold on, do we, tell, do we tell them to share it? I don't want to interrupt oh, you. We did not, Justin. To... God damn not. it. Damn it, Austin. Damn it. You're right about that. Last thing, after you subscribe to us on the listening platform, after you check out the Instagram page, after you leave a review, share this podcast with one person you think would enjoy our content. Just one. We don't really need more than that, but if you have more people that you think would like this show, please show, please show them this podcast because I think in the end, that's the best way to get the word out and give me and Justin, everybody, a piece of our mind. So please share this podcast with one person. And I think uh, it'll make them worth their while. So absolutely. All right. With that, Justin, now that we kind of hit all the parts of the intro, let's break down what this episode is going to be about. Like I said, one of the best weeks of football I think I've ever seen uh, in my life. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's fantastic. A lot of controversy. And a lot of really, really fun close games and a lot of things that have a lot of meanings for a lot of players and teams in the NFL. Um, the hot topic that's really going on right now, uh, some of the overtime rules. Uh, me and Justin are going to kind of break down, uh, do we agree with the overtime rules? Do we think there needs to be a change? Uh, what are our opinions on that? Uh, another thing that we'll talk about is the Green Bay Packers and San Francisco game, what it means for Aaron Rodgers, because um, that was a tough loss. And lastly, we'll go a little sneak peek yeah. To Indy, Aaron. Yeah. Oh, gee, look at this guy trying to recruit Aaron Rodgers to come to Indy. We'll get to that a little bit later in the show, Justin. And then lastly, we'll take a little bit of a sneak peek into the uh, AFC and NFC championship games and uh, we'll pick them and think uh, we'll see what team gets to the Super Bowl. So without further ado, my friend, are you ready to give the people the peace of our mind? I have never been more ready in my entire life. Well, my man, here we go. Overtime rules. I think everybody knows what game I'm talking about. We had Buffalo versus Kansas City, maybe the best game of the weekend, and probably one of the best games I've ever seen. I was about to say that might be one of the best playoff games of all time. Yeah, I mean, that, and I'm, I'm only saying one of because I know I'm forgetting a game, but like realistically, that, I, there I can't some great think ones. of anything. There have been some great games. I got Arizona, Green Bay. You got freaking uh, the New England, Atlanta Super Bowl. You have all these games in the New, New England Colts AFC Championship. One of the other great, great games. Another great one. Another yep. great one. Uh, you also got Pittsburgh and Arizona in the Super Bowl. That's that's a whole other thing. That's a, that game, game in particular was one of the best games I've ever seen with two of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, right? And uh, yep. in that game, there is a bit of controversy in how the Buffalo Bills lost and how the Kansas City Chiefs won, right? Uh, for those of you who don't know. Uh, the game went to overtime on a thriller and the Kansas city chiefs won the coin toss and the Buffalo bills did not touch the ball at all. After that, Kansas city chiefs went down the field, scored a touchdown and it was game over at that point. So 
a lot of people are calling for changes in the overtime rules. Justin, do you agree with this call to action by the people that they need to change the overtime rules? I do. I, I do agree with it. Now, I do want to preface the statement by saying, for one, I do believe Buffalo deserved to lose that game. Did Josh Allen deserve to lose that game? No, but that's a 53-man roster, 22 starters, right? Right. Josh Allen did not deserve to lose. Buffalo did deserve to lose. I'm going to tell you why, for starters. Obviously, I mean, let's just get it right out of the way. You give the ball back to Kansas City with 13 seconds, right? Yeah. You can't stop them from getting into field orange. 13 seconds. Guys listening, or girls listening. Yeah. When's the last time you even seen 13 seconds? You know what I'm saying? I mean, 13 seconds goes by like this. You know what I'm saying? Is what it is. You eat breakfast all of a sudden, it's three months from now. You know? So 13 seconds is a very, very short period of time. They have to win that. That being said, we did know, and I'd imagine you knew this watching, the winner of that coin toss was going to win that game. Yes? You could say that, yeah. Although I did pick the Chiefs to win that game, so... There's that. Well, you know, and yeah. <laughs> I didn't Venmo you your money yet. That's fine. Don't worry uh, about that. We'll, we'll get we'll get into that a little later. But that's yeah. Okay. We'll, we'll yeah get, I, we'll, I know what you mean. Basically, we'll get the winner into of the, the coin toss won the game essentially. Yeah. Yes, because well, the way they were going back and forth. Yeah, and I know that the case that a lot of people make for this, and I don't technically disagree with it. I just do think it's a little faulty. Yeah, is your defense is on the field, right? The defense is a unit, and the goal of that unit is to get a stop, right? That's the idea. That's the idea. Is that your idea? Is that where you're going? That's that's the whole point of defense. <laughs> okay. Well, that's great. But I do want to point out that what's important in all of this, and the reason I think ultimately, and I'll, I'll lay out my what I believe should be the overtime layout sure. shortly, this is a league that is so tailored to offense to a point where you could just chuck it, hope for a pass interference, and essentially win the game in overtime. Now, I know they changed it, as to where you kick a field goal, the other team gets a chance. This is what I think it should be. I think no matter what you do on that first drive, the other team should get a chance, period. I don't think it should be a timed overtime either, at least in, in the, we're talking for the sake of the postseason. Yeah, it's like, obviously, a, it's like a 10 minute overtime with everything. Obviously, in the regular season, we could have a, I think it's a separate discussion as to whether or not you still want ties there. I look at a team like the Steelers this year, maybe this overtime would even carry over into the regular season because the Chargers should have been the team in, not right. the Steelers, in my opinion. I think it should be, let's say the Chiefs get that ball, they get a touchdown because Josh Allen was on autopilot mode, complete cheat code. I mean, yeah. if they got the ball, they would have won. It would have been the Bills unreal. in the AFC unreal. Championship. It would have been the Bills in the AFC Championship. Mm. I think that the second team should always have a chance to answer, period. End of story. That's it. I don't think it should be timed, and I don't think it should be a lot of people talking about making another full quarter of football and seeing who wins. These guys put their body on the line enough, I think, over yeah. the course of a four-quarter game, 17-game season, and if you're obviously at this point in the playoffs, I think another 15-minute quarter is too much. I think, though, that no matter what, given the fact that obviously you have guys like Mahomes, Allen, you got Joe Burrow throwing the guys like Higgins and Chase, right? Herbert. Right. I mean, I'm, I'm forgetting plenty of people. The offenses in this league now is so much different than what it was in the 80s, the 90s, even the 2000s and early 2010s. Yeah. I mean, if you go ahead and look at the numbers, and I challenge you listening right now to go ahead and look them up, pause the episode and go look the scoring in the NFL has been on an uptrend and there's a reason for that. And these are things we all complain about. These are the helmet to helmet hits on defense, right? A running back puts his head down. He doesn't get called for that, but on defense, I mean, your helmet even comes anywhere near that guy's helmet. Right. That's 15 yards in a first down. 
the pass interference calls heavily skewed against the defense. There is so much already going against the defense that is aside from the fact that the talent offensively is just is completely mind boggling. I understand the defense is supposed to get a stop, but also I I think they're already so far behind the eight ball, given the the current state of the NFL and the rules that I just think that other team has to have a chance to answer. So for example, the chiefs get that touchdown, the bills get the ball. They obviously have a chance to do a drive and tie it up, right? They still lose. If they don't get a touchdown, it's still pressure on their team, but at least it gives a fair shake. I mean, you're looking at a game like that. You don't want to see it end that way. And ultimately the NFL cares about viewership. If I'm to bring it all together and give you your turn, because I don't want to take too much time oh, here. I got you. It's all good. Really, the core of my point is that the league is so skewed yeah. towards offense that I don't think it's fair to just be like, yo, defense, you got to go get a stop. I don't think that's fair because I think the entire game can be decided just off of pass interference. Not that it was in this case, but when you take into account the penalties, when you take into account the talent of the offense, and you just take into account really just those two things, I think it's only fair that you would give the other team a chance to answer no matter what. Now imagine it got to a second drive. Imagine the Chiefs got their touchdown. The Bills came back, they get a touchdown. The Chiefs come back and get a field goal. Obviously then the Bills would win with a touchdown there. You know what I'm saying? And then if there's a field goal, the game continues. But I do think the same way that people do in a game of 21 in basketball, for those of you who play street ball, the person that doesn't, you should always have a fair chance. It's only fair. And when you flip it around, if you're saying the defense has to make a stop, sure. Why doesn't the Chiefs defense have to make a stop? That's fair. Just because of the flip of a coin? Right, right. No, I, I, think that, I think that's a little bit of bullshit. And, that, right. and that, that's kind of where I stand. Uh, although Josh Allen, credit to him for being humble and being reasonable and saying, listen, I'm not going to complain about the rules because if I was on the Chiefs side of things, I'd be celebrating too. I get that. They deserve to lose. I'm not arguing that like it should be like re-examined or replayed. Yeah. But I do think it's something to think about because I, I really, again, with the way the offense is in the NFL these days, I, I don't think it's fair that the other offense doesn't get a chance. That is the most cogent argument I think I've heard regarding the overtime rules. So bravo to you. Thank you. Um, because a lot of people are calling a lot more uh, aggressive rule changes than that. Uh because I am someone who actually likes the overtime rules the way that they are. Uh, and the only way that I would have modified my position is basically the argument that you just laid out. Um, so I know we were talking about this before the show and you said you may convince me otherwise and kudos to you. I think this would be the only way that I would be considering changing the overtime rules. But other than that, the whole point of football yep. is to have all three phases of the game work simultaneously together to achieve one outcome and that's to win and impose your will on the other team. Now, in this game, the defenses did absolutely nothing. They cut through each other's defense like butter, and it was a thrilling game to watch offensively and a terrible game defensively. With that, I don't know where the outcry is when other games come down to other phases of football not being won completely. So, like, for example, the San Francisco-Green Bay game, we looked at that game and we are thinking to ourselves, wow, Green Bay lost that game and it was a pretty bad game for them. Their special teams let them down, but we don't hear any complaints about people saying, oh, that's not fair to Aaron Rodgers or Tennessee. The offense let the defense down, held the Bengals to 16 points. And Aaron Ryan Tannehill threw three picks, but we don't complain about that because he was like, hey, you know what? The offense let the defense down. That is what it is. That's just how the game goes. Sure. I think the problem is that we're talking about this game in overtime. It was such a thriller and we just didn't like the result because 
one team won and the other team didn't. And I get it. That's just that's a, that's how the cookie crumbles, though. But your job as a defense in the NFL, and albeit tough, and I agree, they're too hard on defenses because I believe they I believe some of the rule changes that we have on the offensive end make it impossible to play defense. I totally agree with you, and they this should revisit point. that. Yep. Those are the rule changes that I think they need to revisit as opposed to the overtime rules because at that point it's a fair shot for both teams. With that being said. Your job as a defense in the National Football League or in any sport for that matter, sure, is to hold your opposition from scoring. And the Bills had four quarters, and so did the Chiefs. They had four quarters of football to hold that team to less than 36 points. And at some at and all up to 13 seconds, they did just that. And from 13 seconds onwards, they gave up nine points. That's just what it is. Albeit, hey, you were tired. You were playing prevent defense. That's just what the game is. But you lost that game because the guy threw, what, 60 yards in 13 seconds, essentially? The first play of that drive was like a 30-yard gain. And then after that, it was another dart to Travis Kelsey to the middle of the field, and they called the timeout and kicked the game-winning field goal. Now, if what would have happened if, to Travis Huh? If, if you don't mind me interjecting real fast, I've, yeah, heard this, I've heard this a lot and I agree with it, but let's not confuse it. That's a separate conversation from the overtime. It's a separate conversation. People are trying to mesh them together. It is a separate conversation. The Bills should have come up with this stop. I just feel like people are using this and kind of trying to, it's a separate conversation in my opinion. That's fair, but also a lot of the people who are outraged by the overtime rules are outraged because of the way regular over the regular game ended which was the field goal that they got the they got the ball, scored the field goal, it went to overtime because you thought you would won the the Bills thought they won the game at 13 seconds. I thought like, there's no way this guy can go and score a field goal to tie the game. And he did. Now what would have happened if Harrison Buckner missed the field goal, then all of a sudden it's not a game anymore. It's a whole different conversation and no one's gonna be upset about it. Right. But overtime, how many more quarters of football do you need to determine the outcome of the game? No, you had four quarters to stop the other team and you couldn't. So it comes down to you saying, hey, we got to hold this team to a punt or we got to hold this team to a field goal. Or you, even better, if the offense is throwing the ball down the field, if you come up with an interception and take it to the house or if you get a safety, that's game over too. So the defense has an opportunity to score the ball as well, albeit it's a little bit tougher in the NFL because, like you said, defensive rules in football are a little tougher to play than the offensive rules. But that's beside the point. My point being is you know, – that's, that's besides your point. But that is the point. The point is, on defense, you have to get stops. That's your job. That's what you get paid to do. You get paid to hold the other offense from not scoring the ball. And the Bills, unfortunately, were not able to do that from 13 seconds in the regu- in the fourth quarter of that game and into overtime when they lost the coin toss. It just is what it is. It's like you just shrug your shoulders and at that point tip the cap to the opponent because they went and scored the touchdown on your defense. Because if the Bills did the same thing to Kansas City, I'd be on the same boat here. I'd be saying, listen, Kansas City has to get a stop. And to be fair to you, I don't think – and I don't, I haven't looked at any polls or anything. I'm just yeah, going to yeah. go based off of what I understand about football is when people are winning, people kind of want them to stop. You know what I'm saying? I'd yeah. imagine that if the Bills won this game in the same fashion the Chiefs did, this likely wouldn't have been as hot of a topic this week. So I'm going to give you that. That being said, just because that's a fact as well, doesn't mean that uh, the conversation changes. And, and no, I agree. I just think the NFL already moved in this direction too, man. Remember once upon a time for the youngins watching, I know the children love us. That's right. 
once upon a time when you were like, you know, like a, a, a nut in your dad's dick, you know what I'm saying? There was a time when it was first score wins, period. No matter which what. was obviously, I think even you would agree, was completely ridiculous. I agree. Uh, when you play four quarters and all of a sudden you have Justin Tucker kicking, not that this was like literally a, a no, I know a, what you mean. Like, but you ever got Justin Tucker to knock down a sixty-three yarder, and all of a sudden you get to the forty-two and the game's over. I mean, it's ridiculous. I think all I'm suggesting is that they move slightly more in that direction, and that they just mm-hmm. always give the other team a chance to answer. If it is as simple as a defense getting a stop, then, then the other, the other yeah, team fair. should not complain that they also have to get one. That's how I feel. That and again, out of all the rule changes that people have proposed to me regarding overtime, that is the most fair and the most balanced one. And if the NFL does consider a change like that, specifically that where you have to, if both teams get one shot to score, it is what it is at that point, right? Because there are a lot of people who are proposing changes like, oh, um, one team should pick where the other team starts and where the other team, what the field position is that's for the nonsense. opposing. That's nonsense. That's, that's, that's nonsense. a bunch of bullcrap. That's nonsense. So, and, and with that, and that's the problem. No one had actually come up with the idea like, okay, each of you get one possession to score a touchdown or a field goal. If you score the touchdown or field goal, you have a chance to answer, and that's it. Other than that, it is what it is. Yeah, I'm proposing almost the same overtime we have now. Yeah. It's just instead of it being the, the touchdown ends it, which technically when they started, I didn't mind. But as you get into, you know, with the rise of the helmet, the helmet rule and the pass interference, which has become absurd and completely subjective, but yeah, clearly objective in the outcomes of the games in many way. Not that this was a case of that. No, I got you. But it just becomes a thing where, you know, the refs control so much of the game. I mean, it's ridiculous that a team could chuck the ball 45 yards down the field, all of a sudden end up at the 10-yard line and beat you because the refs called the pass interference. That was really ticky-tacky. Mm-hmm. That's just me. But I agree with you. And, and for me, yeah. as opposed to changing the overtime rules before you even do that, take a look at the defensive rules on the defensive side of the ball. Because quite frankly, they're at a complete disadvantage. Can, and no one we... complains about that during the regular season or any other game in the NFL when defensive players can't even can't even tackle the quarterback without getting a roughing the passer penalty the second he releases the ball. Or when he goes after a running back. and run, Like you said, a well, running back lowers his head and then they get helmet to helmet because the running back initiated contact. Well, That's can we, ex- that can I we think... expand the conversation then real fast? Neither of us were prepared for it, so yeah, please yeah. excuse me if I catch you off guard. With That's this. fine. What kind of changes would you suggest they make to those rules? Honestly, just fall back to what it was a little bit like a couple of years ago, because quite frankly, it's impossible to play defense. It's absolutely impossible. They shouldn't make the pass interference a spot foul. They shouldn't. It should have been what it was, a 15-yard penalty. You get the first down, and then you go from there. At that point, the defense has, again, a chance to regroup and make a stop if they have to. And I agree, the, the rule change that they have about um, coaches being able to challenge certain pass interference calls, I'm a little iffy on it, but I I appreciate they, the now, now, so do I to some degree, but at the same time, it was ridiculous. Didn't they just experiment? They didn't do that this season. They just experimented with that last year and ultimately right. said that, I mean, this is fucking absurd. Yeah. And they just decided to go against it. I agree because you had coaches that not only were doing it, because I think when the rule was made, the, the, uh, the, the intention was that teams would use, do it when it was useful. And instead what it turned into is that teams were just challenging to test out the refs. You know yeah, what I'm saying? I agree. Kind of see what was good. So then, and uh, that was nonsense in my yeah, opinion. So. And I, I think with that, I think they need to have a little bit more of a third party officiate some of these games. They do it in the two minute. They do it from two minutes in the fourth quarter and two minutes into the second quarter. 
where the coaches can't do any challenges and all challenges are played from the booth or whatever it is. I sure. think the booth needs to have a little bit more implementation on some of these calls in the games. So if you're going to call a pass interference play, let's say that should come from not the refs on the field that should come from somewhere up top, because that's something you can always look at over and over and over again. And quite frankly, the way the NFL has technologies and all the camera angles that they have, it would be an immediate process where you can get, okay, this is obviously a pass interference call. Let's move on. Or if this is things like holding and stuff. That's just, that's do you think, have to do you see think the there's a way to eliminate referees being quicker to throw the flag? For example, I'm going to switch over to the NBA real fast. Yeah, yeah. When you have it, obviously they made changes this year. Although, albeit I, you know, we were so caught up in this podcast, I haven't watched much basketball. Right. But I do know they made the change this year because obviously last year and many years prior, a lot of people complained that you know you'd have a guy going for a layup, he gets hacked. And if it's uh, freaking uh, JaVel McGee, he's not getting the call. But if it's James Harden, he is getting the call. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Do you think that if you bring that to the NFL, that there's a way or, or some sort of something that can be put into place that would stop the referees ultimately from giving, let's say, Tom Brady a roughing the passer call that they wouldn't give to a, um, I don't know, like a, a Calipane. He doesn't play anymore, but he's the first name. That right, I, I know what you mean. You get my point though, right? Yeah. Do you think there's something that can be put into place to prevent that? Because that's also another issue that if you're going to modify the rules, you don't want some guys getting calls that other guys wouldn't get. Right. Well, again, that's what I, and I think the most fair way to go about that is having a third party official, the booth, be the ones that oversee those type of calls. Because quite frankly, call you know how it is. Referees are really influenced a lot by what's going on on the home field crowd. So it's only natural, by the way. I don't blame the refs. It's, a, it's an incredibly difficult I agree. job. And I, I agree. But with that, sometimes it leads to calls that are objectionable, you know, and it could change the outcome of games, like you said. So yeah. as opposed to changing overtime rules, Justin, I think the NFL first needs to look at how we can help defenders actually be able to have a level playing field in the game. And then at that point, whatever you address there, where you're talking about, okay, no matter what happens on offense for this team, the other team has a chance to respond. Then, then you just play ball at that point. At that point, it's, it still is the same thing. Defense has to get a stop and the offense has to score points and the special teams has to execute their play uh, so that it gives both teams an advantage as best as they could. So um, for those of you listening, what do you think? Do you agree with Justin in this regard? Or are you like me? Are you a little bit more old school in terms of, hey, just keep the rules the way they are and quit bitching. So if you agree or disagree, leave your comments below, leave your thoughts, and we would love to hear what you guys think. With that, Justin, let's move on to the next topic of discussion because we have the people here and they want to go on with their day. <laughs> Same playoff round, the divisional round. Yeah. We had San Francisco play the Green Bay Packers and San Francisco won 13-10. to 10. What does this loss for the Green Bay Packers and really the loss for Aaron Rodgers mean for him? Because that was a tough loss. Yeah, I, I mean, just to, to put it blunt, um, that's probably the most devastating loss of his career. Uh, and I'm going to think, and there's a lot of games, I'm on record saying that, I mean, I think there's plenty of times he should have made the Super Bowl and didn't. So there's plenty of games that are out there. I don't have them in front of me. I can't mm-hmm. reference them. There's a lot of games he should have won in the playoffs that he shouldn't have won since the since the Super Bowl run he had the one year where he I mean would they versus the Bears in, in the AFC in the NFC Championship that year with, yeah, with speak of the devil Calipani playing that game. Um, I mean since then he's below 500 in, mm-hmm. in the playoffs and 
I think a lot of people were willing to give him the pass last year on something I was not willing to give him a pass on. I agree with you. Which was the decision to not tuck the ball to ultimately force it to the Devontae. In all fairness to Aaron, if you're going to force it to someone, Devontae Adams may be that guy. Right. But you got to make the right decision. Aaron Rodgers is a guy that makes the right decision game after game, play after play, drive after drive the entire season. You don't throw 37 touchdowns and four picks by missing your reads or making the wrong decision. That's not how that works. That's not how football works. And when you look at a game like this, you're home. It is snowing. Not that you play in the snow all year, but this favors you, Aaron. You're 38 years old, right? Mm -hmm. So it is snowing. You are home. And this was ultimately a game where you guys combined for 23 points. And the team you are versing not only is the away team, but they are based out of Southern California. They don't even know what snow is. You know what I'm saying? You asked Jimmy G what snow was. He thought it was a vegetable. You know what I'm saying? He had no clue what snow was coming into that game. And he comes in and he beats Rodgers. And for all you saying, the special teams let him down. I'm not to say that's not true because clearly San Francisco would not have won that game without the block, so on and so forth. But Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, and again, I have no notes in front of me. Aaron Rodgers had what? Four minutes. He had a drive. They're tied 10 to 10. Four minutes, he ends up throwing it to Devontae when you have Lazard essentially wide open by NFL terms over the middle, right? Aaron Rodgers went 20-29 in that game. He he wasn't terrible. People made oh. like he was terrible. He wasn't. What he did not do was make the play he needed to make, and that's fine if you're a different quarterback. This is Aaron yeah. freaking Rodgers, okay? The entire offseason, all he was talking about is how Green Bay didn't do this. Green Bay didn't do that for him. The whole deal. They don't listen to me. They don't do this. And his definition of them not listening to him was, oh, bring back Randall Cobb, who hasn't been good since 2013. Right. And why'd you get rid of Jake Kumro, who's a practice squad player, okay? That's what the guy was upset about. And he was making noise, stomping his foot, ready to leave the entire organization. Still probably is. More on that maybe later or perhaps in the Colts cast, if you're going to listen. With that, it's aggravating to me, mostly for a guy that I said, and you want to go back again, I'm going to keep plugging different things. You can Please. go back and listen to our catalog. There's proof. I'm on record right. saying that ultimately I don't believe Aaron Rodgers will make the Super Bowl because, well, I mean, what proof is there that he would? You know what I'm saying? Right. That being said, never in a million years did I think he would lose to San Francisco in a divisional round game. And at the end of the day, Rodgers had his chance. And he essentially, off the top of my head, you correct me if I'm wrong, Austin, went three and out. There yep. wasn't even suspense. He went three and out, and then they punted to San Francisco. And Jimmy James Garoppolo made the throws. That's right. Who, by the way, threw at least eight interceptable balls in that game. I mean, how many times did he throw the ball in that game? And you said, oh, no. That's right. And and you know what I'm saying? I mean, how many times? And ultimately, you give him a chance to beat you, and he does. You're now 0-4 against the 49ers in the playoffs, and I believe 0-2 against Jimmy. And I think ultimately, as we said earlier in the season, what Rodgers was playing for this year was not an MVP. It, it, it was not, it was really not even the Super Bowl, in my opinion. Because I don't think he had to win the Super Bowl, but I thought winning the Super Bowl would have cemented him without question, undisputed, top five quarterbacks that ever lived. And that was on the line. And instead, what has happened is now I think he is there with the mix of quarterbacks, as we spoke about maybe last week, the week right. before. But to lose this game, not even in the NFC Championship to Tom Brady or Stafford, which I would have loved to see after yeah. all the times they versed each other in Detroit, Rodgers on record. Mind you, Stafford held up his end of the deal. But Matt Stafford, 
who played years years I don't even know the term played way better than Aaron Rodgers right that would have been a great game to see I think everyone would have liked to see it and not to be fair to Rodgers if he lost that game there would have been no excuse either so there's really no losing for Rodgers I get I get it you really couldn't lose until the Super Bowl but what I think it means for Rodgers and his legacy is that at least as it currently stands today obviously if he continues to play things can change but as it stands today right now I think he's going to be remembered as a great talent that um, always came up short. And not only is that how it's going to be remembered, right? Because sometimes the way things are remembered aren't the way they were. That's also the truth. As someone who lived through it, that's also the truth. To not have been, you've been to one Super Bowl, one ring, and you won it. You're one for one. You're batting a thousand. You haven't been to another? For example, I said, put this in perspective. Yeah. Jim Kelly, Hall of Fame quarterback. Do you view him on the level of Aaron Rodgers in any way, shape, or form? Does anyone that has ever watched the game of football with any sort of passion for the game would even argue for a moment that Jim Kelly is better than Aaron Rodgers? Would anyone? Uh, maybe some Jim Kelly yeah, made it right. four straight seasons. Right. We have seen one out of Rodgers. And that's not to say that Green Bay has done everything they can for him. But if we're going to praise him, if we're going to talk about LaFleur as a coach of the year, 13-3, two straight seasons. The Packers were always good enough, clearly, to get him into a position where he was the one seed, right? Yeah. To get him into the NFC Championship. Ultimately, if he's going to take all the praise and deflect all of the blame, then in this moment, we have to hold him accountable. And for me, I do, particularly because he had his chance. It wasn't even like the Chiefs-Bills game where Josh Allen had no shot, right? right. Because Josh Allen... You can't blame them for that loss. No. Aaron Rodgers, I think you could directly blame for this loss because how could the fuck can you not? All you had to do was score 14. You had to score right. 14 points. You're Aaron Rodgers. For me, this is is uh, really a sad day for Aaron Rodgers, uh, in my opinion. And he comes off like an asshole. And I love Aaron Rodgers and want him to come to Indy. He comes off like an asshole today. Uh, hopefully he does not listen to this because I'm also a Colts fan. So... <laughs> I totally agree, Mr. Justin. This is a bad, bad moment for Aaron Rodgers. Um, and like you said, it makes him look like a complete asshole. Because like you said, all the talk that he did in the offseason, all the talk he did in the regular season, and the nonchalance that he goes through. And granted, because he's great. And he is spectacular at football. Of course. With that, though, you have expectations that you have to meet. And like and after that first Super Bowl, being under 500 in the postseason, it's not good enough, man. And I know he went to a he went to what four, five NFC championship games, right? That's, it makes it even worse. That's the well, that's my point. And two two of those, you can look at his defense and say, wow, he dropped like 30 or 21 or whatever it was, and you just dropped, you gave up 40 in those games, right? But the last two NFC championship games, the Bucks, well, not the last two NFC championships, the Bucks. I get, last I get, I get year, what you're saying. I get you get what I'm saying from yeah. people who are listening. Last year's playoffs and this year's playoffs, you can look at solely one man for the reason they lost that game, and that's number 12. If you're that great, you have to make a play. That's what you have to do for your football team. And Aaron Rodgers, we credit his 
his intellect, his ability to throw the ball, his decision-making, how it's always pinpoint. Both those games came down to decisions where he was wrong. Completely. That Bucks game, like you said, he could have tucked it in and ran it. Worst comes to worst, you're at the one-yard line. And then you could do you could do whatever from there. This game, you highlighted the play earlier. He had Alan Lazard in sight, right in line with him, and refused to throw him the ball. And granted, I think Alan Lazard sucks, but that's a whole different discussion. But he's, point, he's, made, he's made plays for them this year. But my – like, let me finish. I'm saying this yeah. year – He's come up when you needed him to. Yeah. He's made plays. You have to trust the guy that you have on your team. That's who you're rolling with. And if he's open, you throw him the ball. And quite frankly, Al Lazar can catch a seven-yard hitch if need be. He ain't going to drop that. He shouldn't. And you're Aaron Rodgers. You have to make that throw. You have to make that choice. You can't force it to Devontae Adams and then shrug your shoulders, walk into the walk into the locker room like you're all sad. That was your fault, bro. You're too great to not have that sting. And then you're gonna sit here and you're gonna say, Oh, I'm not here to be part of a rebuild. What rebuild are you talking about, bro? I mean, they built a team for the past two the, the, the two years prior that got you to the NFC championship game. Mainly you were the reason, but that's not the point. The point is your team is good enough to get a game away to be in that game. And you just can't show up in those big moments. And that's what it is. And that's what it is. So, and, and remember, remember the argument that we had years ago, like a few years ago, or most people had years ago, where if Aaron Rodgers switched place with Tom Brady, he'd have just as many Super Bowls if he, had, if he were coached by Bill Belichick. It's a good point that you're bringing That up gets right put now. to bed. I agree. That's that a good point that you're bringing bed. up right now. There Absolutely no, dissolved. He would have more than one, possibly. I would agree with that. But no, he wouldn't have six. He would not have done what Brady did. Well, no let, let, let's just make it recent. Do yeah. you think he would have even come close in that game against the Rams if he was down 27 Hell no. to 3? Hell no. Right. That being said, just to cover that game, we'll come back to Rodgers in a second. Yeah, I know. That, that's that, that botch snap yeah, uh, was probably the most Tom discussion. Brady play I've ever seen in my entire life. I agree. But regardless, we're talking about Aaron freaking Rodgers right now. So right. continue. And so that gets put to bed. Yep. And Aaron Rodgers is an all-time great. No one's denying that. Nope. And because of this loss, like you're right, he's teetering on whether or not he's a top five QB to ever play the game. Because there's a lot of people who can make arguments for, hey, would I want Drew Brees over Aaron Rodgers? That's a much more realistic conversation now, isn't it? Because say what you want about Drew Brees, he's been to more NFC Championship games, or he's been in a closer position than Aaron Rodgers has been, with even lesser talent, or about the same talent. Yes, he had Sean Payton, I agree, no doubt, and he had a better defense in most games. But we look at Drew Brees' career, and we're like, it's not like he came up short in an NFC Championship game, or he came up short in this moment until he no, started. No, if, any, if anything, the only thing people point to with the Saints is the fact that they've had a million shit calls. I mean, all the plays that have gone against the Saints, yeah, is unreal. I mean, let's point to was Stefan Diggs the miracle? Does that have anything yeah. to do with Drew Brees? How about the missed pass interference? What does that have to do with Drew Brees? You know what I'm saying? And that, by the way, one of the most blatant pass interference in the history of football, but it is what fun. it is. It's, you know, again, it's a very bad day for Aaron Rodgers. And, and he honestly deserves any scrutiny that comes his way. And I only say that 
because the, the only reason we have this discussion to bring is yeah. it's not a bash Aaron day, and you said no, it. it's not. It's not a bash Aaron day. The only reason this conversation is relevant is because Aaron Rodgers is clearly one of the greatest quarterbacks who ever lived. But yes. when you're at that level, now you're compared. You're not compared to some other guy. You know what I'm saying? Oh. You're compared to the greatest quarterbacks who ever lived. That's and more right. specifically, when you look at guys in his generation, you look at a Peyton Manning. You look at a Tom Brady. Right. You look at even Joe Montana. Right. In a different mm-hmm. generation. This is who we're looking at. We're looking at the guys who won. Aaron, you're there. All you have to do is win. And if you could go 13 and three, if you could do all of that, take all the credit, take the MVP, That's right. then in these cases, you're going to have to take the blame because it's your fault. Clearly, that being said, instead of drafting Jordan Love, if they had drafted a Brandon Ayuk, if they had sure. drafted a Justin Jefferson, T. Higgins, I mean, there's so many receivers in that. Yeah, draft. I agree. Look, if they had drafted any of those receivers, would they be in this position? Maybe not. But would he have thrown it to them instead of Alan Lazard? Sure. That being said, it's not like they would have been better than 13 and three. Most I mean, how likely. much better could you possibly get? You were that's what I, but that's what I'm saying. You're so good. This is a team three weeks ago that everyone said there, there's no way anyone beats them. And no, sure I enough, picked them to, I picked them to get to the Super Bowl. I'm like, there's they, no way this team could lose. The team can't get out of their own way. And even in, no matter what it comes down to at the end of the day, if they win in week 10 in a regular season game and there was a crucial interception in the third quarter by their by Rashul Douglas. Ain't yeah. no one talking about that. They're talking about Aaron Rodgers, 300 yards. So today, what yeah. we have to talk about is the fact that Aaron Rodgers came up short. He didn't even get them into field goal range for Mason Crosby on that drive when he had a chance, when they were tied. And ultimately, despite the fact that I won them in Indianapolis, this is a guy that time after time does not live up to it in the postseason. Again, I believe right. seven and nine, that does not cut it since the Super Bowl. Right. Period. Four of those losses against the San Francisco, by the way. Four it, of them. It, it, it does oh and four. It does yeah. not cut it, especially when you have Tom Brady, who is, this is the natural comparison at this point. I mean, I think there's a lot of people that would argue Aaron Rodgers above Peyton Manning. And I right. listen, I, I I cannot in good faith talk about that. No. That being said, they're comparable. I, I, I don't know. I don't know about the Peyton Manning was they're, great. They're but, comparable. Yeah. They're comparable career. They're comparable. Yes. They're comparable career wise. And a lot of the same criticisms that Rogers got Peyton got too, and ultimately were kind of put to rest by the fact that Denver carried him to a Super Bowl in this final right. year, which he openly said on the ESPYs. But as I was saying, Rogers needs to be better. And you got to talk about Brady who is, uh, I may be exaggerating as well, is he like 30 and 11 all time in the playoffs? I, right. I, I mean, yeah. he left it's, ba- it, it, it's, 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 it's bad. Obviously, not, no, don't get me wrong. It's not fair to compare everyone to Brady, but again. Well, he has as many is, Super Bowls in the NFC that Aaron Rodgers does. And he's that's, what, that's what I'm saying. He's all, he's already in God forbid, Jimmy God G's God on his way to possibly going to two. Jimmy G makes a second Super Bowl, he'll have been to more Super Bowls than Aaron Rodgers and have gone through Aaron Rodgers to get there. And obviously, Jimmy G ain't better than Aaron Rodgers. No, 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 we're not saying that. But the point being is that you're too great to not get there more than once. You're just too great not to get there more than once. I agree. So, good discussion there, Jay, about Aaron Rodgers. Justin, if you don't mind, can I throw a little bit of a curveball here? Uh, We didn't discuss this before the show, but I kind of want to stick in a uh, a sponsor, if you don't mind. Do you mind if I do that? Yeah, go ahead, man. This episode of the Peace of Mind Podcast is brought to you by our sponsor, Seituha Goju Karate, a traditional style of martial arts that helps you by building up cardiovascular training, reducing body fat, improving self-confidence, while also teaching you proven and effective self-defense and combat techniques. So whether you're looking to get in shape or are seeking a realistic form of self-defense, the school and its students offer a friendly yet competitive training session that is second to none. So what are you waiting for? 
Call and tell them the Peace of Mind podcast brought you there and schedule yourself a free introductory class. Ask for Sensei John at 516-381-9660. That is 516-381-9660. Call now. All right, Justin. So that was the end of our sponsor. Let's talk about the AFC and NFC championship game. Sure. We have the Bengals at the Chiefs, and we have San Francisco at the Rams. Let's talk about the AFC playoff picture for a second. We have the Bengals versus the Kansas City Chiefs, and they had a thriller of a game in the regular season, uh, a game that you in particular were especially excited for because, Justin, for those of you who don't know, and those of you who know, is a Joey B fan, to say the least. And since the Colts were out of the playoffs, he's had one horse in the race and one horse only. And that horse's name is Joe Burrow. Doesn't give a crap about the Bengals. Just an, a- crap an about absolute thoroughbred specimen of a horse, yeah, man. Yeah. Right. yeah. So with that, Jay, what do you? Who do you think is going to win this game, man? Because I'm not going to lie, I'm struggling with this pick, but I think I have an idea where I'm going to go with it. But what say yeah, you? Yeah. Well, and let me. What say you? What say I? Well, I'm going to tell you right now. I, I want to. I'm going to shy away from picking a winner here. Uh, instead, I want to talk about what's on the line in this game. Would we both agree, and you listening as well, please let us know. Off the top of your head, where you can dive in, who has had the greatest start to an NFL career of all time? Is it not Patrick Mahomes? You would say so, yes. You I would, would say, say so. You would say that. Okay. Joe Burrow, right now, this god is it? And I actually don't want—I don't want to call him God too quickly, no, but I do want to put I, in perspective. I get what you mean. The, the steps. The ste- he's very, very close. Okay. Mm-hmm. Since Joe Burrow has come onto the map, mind you, before obviously he was at Ohio State. Not obviously. Maybe some people don't know. I don't right. want to sound condescending. He right. was at Ohio State, right? Backing up Justin Fields. He was backing up Justin Fields before he ultimately transferred, or even God forbid, Dwayne Dwayne Haskins or something. Yeah. He was backing up one of those dudes at Ohio State before he ultimately transferred to LSU, and obviously the rest is history, right? Mm-hmm. So since Joe Burrow has come on the map, we have seen three years of Joe Burrow, right? We have seen one, him have the single greatest season in the history of college football, yep. bar none, period, not even close, don't nope. argue with me, you're discredited, and you shouldn't have your own podcast. Right. Two, we have seen him tear his ACL, and now we're in year three. Can you imagine he leads the Cincinnati Bengals to a Super Bowl with a win over Patrick Mahomes? I think he would be in the running for the greatest start to a relevant football, American football, career in the history of the sport. There's a lot, and now that being said, realistically, if mm-hmm. he loses, it's not like anyone holds against no, him. So it's you. not like there's yeah. really pressure. He's predicated on... on them winning. I got you. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. There's not really pressure. I mean, this is the Joe Burrow has everything to gain yes. and nothing to lose in this game. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, I mean, I'm just tired of seeing it. So, and I'm, I'm getting to that point, and I like Patrick Mahomes. I like Tyler. I like a lot of their players. I, I got I mean, you. Enough is enough. Okay. So, and Andy Reid, by the way, credit, you're an Eagles fan, only coach in the history of the league to lead two teams to four straight championship games. That's an incredible accomplishment for the chubby mustache. With that, if Joe Burrow wins this game, ask if you can mark it down now, and I'm serious about this, 
If yeah. Joe Burrow went, well, am I serious about this? We'll have to see if I'm serious about this. I'm going to get a life-size cardboard cutout of Joe Burrow <laughs> for my room that I will pose with and post on the Instagram if you follow yeah. us at the Peace of Mind Podcast. If Joe, with a K instead of a C, of course. Okay. Also. If Joe Burrow wins this game in all seriousness, this would likely be maybe the greatest accomplishment that any player has had in a single season in the history of football. And I don't say that lightly because there's been a lot of great seasons Mm -hmm. by a lot of great players to bring this Bengals team to a Super Bowl over the Patrick Mahomes and the chiefs. I I, I can't think of anything better. That's obviously what I'm rooting for. I did not expect the Bengals to win last week over the Titans, to be honest. I I did not expect them to win. They did. It wasn't pretty. They beat the Chiefs 34 to 31 in the regular season. I hope finally, because I listen, they're starting to fall. I've seen this story before as a Colts fan. They're starting to fall in love with throwing the ball constantly with this guy, making the whole offense Joe Burrow. And I don't know how many times he got sacked last week, but that's not going to cut it. What yeah, was that, ten times on on the on the stats. Almost damn near. That, and that's and that's just plays that ended in sacks. Let alone how many times he was getting hit. That's not going to cut it. I think they have to come out and run the ball in this game quite a bit. Because this was a team early in the season that had weeks that they dedicated. They said, we're going to run it down your throat. And they have Joe Mixon. And they have a line that, I mean, while it hasn't been a fantastic line, has been impressive in the run game just visually. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I have no pro football focus or anything to, no, to no, I got out you. here. Yeah. No, they've been, visually they've been speaking, when I watch the game, they open up the holes. Mixon finds them, and it is what it is. I think they have to come out here and run the ball. Because if they get if, if Burrow's under the pressure he was last week, they're not going to win this game. Yeah. And likely, there's only one game – only as I said last week, there's only one way for them to win this game, and that's if Joe Burrow is a god. Luckily for the Bengals, they do have God at quarterback. With that, fuck it, I'm putting my stamp down. I'm rolling with the Bengals to make the my fucking boy. Super Bowl this week. My boy, I love it. I love it, bro. I freaking love. It's a way to stick by your guns, and you made a compelling. Case. He's never disappointed me, even Joe when I Burrow pick against him. He proves me wrong. Me. He says, "Justin, don't you love me?" And yeah. I said, "Joe, I do. <laughs> I will not betray you anymore. I am picking Joe Burrow to beat these Chiefs." Well done. Um, he's been sensational. <laughs> he's been sensational this year. Um, he is something else. He, you know what? He is something else. And that Bengals offense is something else too. And he is got... fucking, and he is fucking handsome. Let me say. <laughs> yeah, I know. Ob- objectively, a handsome. There's a lot of handsome guys objectively at the quarterback position in the NFL. But we digress. We're not talking about the bromance here. The point being is Joe he has been absolutely brilliant this year. There's no denying it. 34 touchdowns, 11 interceptions, and he's took the Bengals team who hasn't won a playoff game in nearly 31 years. And just one more thing, Asif, was there any question in your mind that he was going to lead the fucking bank once they got the ball back? Oh, yeah. The position once to get the field Did you have any questions? The interception? I'm like, it's game over. Bengals won. There was no – he's that good. There's no questions. He's already there. Continue. He is getting there. He might already be there. Yep. But this conference belongs to Patrick Mahomes. Huh. It does. It just, it just does, bro. It just does. I know. And I think it's going to be a game similar to what we had in the regular season, a 30, 30, 31, 34 point type of game where each offense explodes and the defense has nothing to do and can't stop each other. There's only one thing that bugs me about that game, and that was how it ended. The way the Bengals got stopped 
They ran eight plays at their frick at, from five yards in to score a touchdown, and they only came away with three. That's not good. It's not. It's not bad because they won the game, mind you. But it took that to wean down enough time where Patrick Mahomes doesn't touch the ball again. Now let me ask you this, Justin. Let's say the Bengal. Let's say the Bengals score a touchdown in normal time. It would leave like what, forty seconds, thirty-five seconds left in the game. Let's say. Would there be any doubt in your mind that Patrick Mahomes goes down the field and scores a touchdown with timeouts in his pocket? Not after the 13-second spectacle we just witnessed. Well, right, but this is also before that. I'm talking even before that. I'm thinking to myself, there's no way. There's no way he would lose that game. Not with that much time. Not no, with those I, weapons. I would agree with that. You know what I'm saying? So yep. does it come down to Joey B giving Patrick Mahomes enough time? Because Josh Allen thought he didn't he thought he gave Patrick Mahomes no time at all with 13 seconds. And look what happened. Yep. Um, do I think the Bengals will make that same mistake? No, I don't. I don't think they will. Um but what problem that, is that what well, the problem is that what mistake was there? Right. And <laughs> like, you could play the perfect defense in that situation, and Patrick Mahomes can still win you the game. Yep. Um and Patrick Mahomes in the postseason, man, is as close to perfect as you can possibly be in terms of playing quarterback. Sure. He's got like what 23 touchdowns, one pick. He's become all of a sudden the freaking second coming of Lamar Jackson. The guy runs the ball almost as damn well as he throws the ball because no one can freaking tackle him when he runs no. off and scrambles. Like, it's unbelievable. It's like so, he has magic around him that is Clearly. inexplicable. It's, it, it, it's, it's inexplicable. I'm speechless watching the guy play because I'm sitting here. It's like, how, does he, how do you want to give it to you? You want me to throw it 30 yards down the field? Fine. You want me to hit you on the sideline? Okay, fine. I'll check the check. I'll take the check down now. I'll beat you with that driving up 11 play drive. You want me to beat you one play? Fine. I'll hit Tyree Kill on a freaking 80 yard bomb. You want me to beat you with the tight end? I'll beat you down the seams. What? How do you want me to do it? Any way you need to win a football game at quarterback, Patrick Mahomes can give you. And granted, Joey B has done that this postseason too. And there's nothing to take away from Joey B. I just think right now, He's playing with house money, so he's going to come into this game loose as a goose, and he's just going to fling it. And I think it's going to be an incredible game to watch. I just don't see anybody beating Patrick Mahomes in this Kansas City offense. And it is to, well, and, that, and that's why I refrained from – I mean, I did end up picking the Bengals, but initially no, I got you. That, it, it is hard to pick against the Chiefs. It's hard, man. It is uh, hard, and they're, they're too good. These teams are too good. I just think the Kansas City Chiefs – I think the Bengals are just one year away, man. I really do. I think if you ask me this question, hey, you were saying that in the wild card round, and here they are. I know. Here I they know. are. And let me ask you a question, bonus yeah, question for the people. As we were talking about Aaron Rodgers before, let let you know, let, let's bring it full circle, right? There's a there's a beginning, middle, and end to this show. It's all a little foreshadowing. If you're still here, if Patrick Mahomes were to win this Super Bowl, where does he rank all time, and is it above Aaron Rodgers? Yes. Yeah, period. Yeah, he's he'd be better than Aaron Rodgers. He's already got a he's already as talented as Aaron Rodgers, if not more so, in terms of throwing the ball. That's shot. He is. That's also true, but it might yeah, be true. Like I don't want like, I don't want to say it because I know, but it is the only argument Rodgers' favor is just like career numbers. I, right. I, I mean, and it like, does get to that point. And, and it's like, and like you said, you talking about the greatest start to a career. Patrick Mahomes is as close to perfect as a quarterback as we've seen in terms of starting a career. Sure. Into, Every year he started, they've been to the AFC Championship game. He's been to two Super Bowls. He's won one. 
maybe on his way, maybe on his way to win a second one. Who knows? But like, if he wins a second Super Bowl, I think he gets propelled above Aaron Rodgers. I really do. And that's not to take away from Aaron Rodgers. I just think Patrick Mahomes is that great. Now, great. Would that then lock him him into the top five all time? Would that lock him into the top five ever? Well, if Aaron Rodgers is teetering on top five, I think it's a conversation. And you suppose that Mahomes at least takes five, right? Right, right. You know know what I'm saying? Again, that's just based on his career accomplishments. Oh, fuck that guy. I hope he loses. I I hear you. And I get it. He's going to be the next guy that we get tired of talking about, too. RDM. I would love, I, in all fairness, in defense of Aaron Rodgers, and this just to, you know, sidetrack a little bit. If Aaron Rodgers had a guy like Travis Kelsey and Tyree Kill his whole career, I would have loved to see what he would have done with that. I would have loved to see what he'd done with that, but that's a whole. He different has thing. the single greatest receiver in football today. Yes, he does. That's he. That he does. That he does. But he also doesn't have one of the greatest tight ends to ever play the game. No, so. he does not. He has Mercedes Lewis. Right. <laughs> yeah. So. What say you guys? Do you pick the Chiefs or do you pick the Bengals? I'm picking the Chiefs. Justin's going with the Bengals. Absolutely no money on the line, by the way. No money on the line. This is just a pick-em game because, quite frankly, I already beat Justin in that regarding, albeit if I lost that game. No, 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 no. You you did not beat me. It wasn't you, all right? Don't you take the credit. The Bills' defense beat me, okay? I spoke into existence, my friend. I've been speaking into existence from the day. Listen, you you were a little scared. At a certain point in that game, listen, I was just, I was just incredibly thrilled about the damn game. I was going to yeah. text you, like, I don't give a shit about the outcome anymore. I was watching this game, I'm like, yeah, I'm yeah, that's, facts. that's, fact. that's, facts. that's facts. It was great. Yeah, no, that's, that's facts. All right, last game, last topic we're going to talk about. Justin is the NFC Championship game. We talked about the AFC for a good amount of time. A lot of hot topics there, but San Francisco versus the Los Angeles Rams. The Rams look pretty damn good. They gave oh. it to the Buccaneers. Um, they almost gave up the comeback, but you know what? When it came down to it, this Vintage is why Brady. the Rams took Matt Stafford for that play exactly. You ran that play. If you threw a bomb blitz at Jared Goff, that throw would not have happened. Yep, it would have lost the game. You would have lost the damn game. Matt Stafford sat there, threw a dime to a wide-open Cooper Cup. A dime! An absolute dime, and he got the field goal to win the game. And San Francisco, you gave it to the Packers. You not necessarily give it to the Packers. I shouldn't say that. You only went to Lambo and won in the snow. That's you won. You went to Lambo. You got the road win, and now you're playing a team in the regular season that you've beaten twice now, and it was a division rival. So, Justin, who do you think is going to the Super Bowl? I already, I think I have an idea of where you're going to go with it, but San Francisco or the Rams. Who are you picking? Is the Rams. And it's Matt Stafford's year. And in fact, I might go out on a limb and say, I don't care who he versus. He might win the whole damn thing. This is a guy that, and what I appreciate about him is that when you have guys like Aaron Rodgers not living up to expectation in the playoffs, you have a guy like Matt Stafford, all those years on the Lions, and in my opinion, the most pressure of any quarterback in football, including Aaron Rodgers, coming coming into this playoffs. For him to show up the way he has in this postseason, this is a guy that's clearly been waiting, clearly been ready, and, I mean, he has been sensational. And on top of that, we have spoken about earlier in the season, and, you know, I suppose this in some levels takes away from Matt Stafford. This team acquired so much fucking talent that it it, it practically compromised the integrity of the game, right? right? This is the best team on paper perhaps I have ever seen. 
top to bottom, it's one of the damn closest. Top to bottom, yeah. it's tough. And in all fairness, the other team I would think of is the team they just beat, even though they were down to the fucking janitors in the stadium right. playing receiver. God, you know their second best receiver. Uh, they had camera. They had camera break running out of the slot. They were yeah, out of dudes. The freaking Cyrus Grayson was done. Tyler Johnson, I think, also got injured during the. I mean, it was bad. I mean, they were out of dudes. That being said, in the face of a vintage Brady comeback, Stafford made that play. If you want yes. to criticize him for letting up the lead, that's fine. He didn't fuck up the snap. He didn't fumble. Nope. That happened to be his center, and that happened to be Cam Akers. He played a perfect Staff- game, honestly. He Stafford was game. tremendous. He's great. And game. then somehow finds Cooper Cup. Of all the people, you figure if you're the Bucks, it would be anyone but him. Finds Cooper Cup down the middle. And, I mean, Stafford has been so good. I'm so happy for him. And it is hard for me to, to picture them losing to, to the, the 49ers. That being said, the Niners have already overachieved. I'm also rooting against them. So I'm going to take the Rams uh, just because of how sensational Stafford's been, how great that pass rush has been, and mm-hmm. obviously the group of receivers they have. I, it's just hard to pick against them right now because I think ultimately, unlike last week, San Francisco to win this game is going to have to outscore the Rams because the Rams are on that type of roll right now. Yes. And to be honest with you, I wouldn't be shocked if San Francisco lost by over fucking 15 points. Wow. Okay. Um, I don't agree with that. And um, I certainly agree with you that the San Francisco 49ers are going to have to put up points. They're going to have to put up more than 20, 25 points to win this game. Yep. Um, with that, though, if you looked at that Green Bay game, San Francisco had opportunities to run up that score, but they had a lot of drop passes and sure on the other side of the field that they're potential leading scores, right? So do I think those drops will happen in this game? I don't, but I also think that Matt Stafford, um, this isn't going to be the most competitive game. This is going to be the most important game that he's probably ever played, obviously. Not be at the NFC Championship game, but because he's playing against the team that has beaten him twice in the regular season, and you're one game away from that game. And you have to be able to stand in there and make the throws you need to. Can he do it? I think he can. But damn it, I love San Francisco, man. That defense, it reminds me, not necessarily what the Broncos defense was back in that playoff run, but in terms of their pass rush, I have not seen a more ferocious four outside of the Rams because the Rams are another ferocious four that's there too. But Nick Bosa, Buckner, who. Every, everyone on that defensive front there. De- well, Buckner's a Colt. No, Colt Buck, Buckner's a Colt. I'm thinking of the other guy. Armstead. Derek Armstead. 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 They just get after you all the time. And Fred Warner, holy shit, what a football that guy, player. That, that, guy, guy. that guy is that guy, not normal. He's that not normal. guy is an absolute Leviathan. That guy is not human. He is not a person. A that le- is a, a robot. Leviathan. He, he's an a alien. Leviathan. This guy is everywhere. He's every freaking where. I know. And when it comes to what the San Francisco 49ers, they can, I think they can do just as much as what the Rams can do in terms of a pass rush, at the say the least. It comes down to their secondary and what Jimmy G will do on offense. Will Jimmy G give you one or two throws in the game that you have a potential to intercept and change the outcome of the game? Yes, you will. Will the Rams come up with that? I think they will. And with that, Justin... I'm going to agree with you. I think the Rams are going to win this game. I don't think it's going to be by 15. I think it's going to be a really close game. I'm picking 30 to 26. They're going to win that game. Uh, to be fair, I don't think it's going to be by 15. But if, if, if the Rams so happen to handle the 49ers, right. there would be no shock in me whatsoever. Right. 
I, I, I got you. I got you. And look, they, they have been playing, in my opinion, better than any team in the league in this. They've been the. Mo- I think they've been maybe the most consistent team over the past few weeks. Than uh, they have been going the into the playoffs at this time of the year. I think they've been the best team in the league. Yeah, actually. Yeah, right. And you certainly have a damn good argument for that too. Um, I think we're gonna get a Rams Chiefs Super Bowl. That's fair. I think it's going to be one of the that that's going to be an absolute. That's a great fucking game. game. That's, that's going to be a game. great freaking game. Talking about two quarterbacks who have incredible arm, who have incredible arm talents. And if Matt Stafford freaking beats Patrick Mahomes, that's a whole nother discussion that we're going to have to have about him because that yeah. guy's brilliant. Well, now, do you think at this point, because you were talking about how you got to win this game, do you think there's pressure on Stafford at this point, or you kind of think he's playing with house money at this point in the season? I think it depends how you play. He he can't put up a dud. Well, no, 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 but you assuming the I mean? game like, is can't put up that. let's if say he, let's say they he, lose like thirty he, to twenty-seven. This, do you think it's fine? I don't, I don't think there's pressure on him to win this game. I think there's pressure on him to not be the reason you lose the game. Yeah, well, you I, could, to, to be fair to him, I don't see that coming. And you can look that, and you can look at Jared Goff and say, "Oh wow, he's the reason you lost this game because this guy just wasn't there, just wasn't good enough." Yep. You know what I'm saying? Get, throw a blitz at him and he crumbles, right? Matt Stafford just has to be the reason you don't lose the game. If you lose the game and it's just because, listen, San Francisco is just outplayed you it is what it is but you can't be the reason you lose the game you can't be don't do what aaron Rodgers did in that divisional round just don't do that you do that and that's everything i think you're fine because quite frankly everyone thought that you were an overrated ass qb just putting up numbers on a bad team and i think he's clearly proven to everybody that you put a team around him that this guy's a freaking one of the best quarterbacks you'll ever see play so complete nonsense and let me ask anyone who said that, because that is something that I took great exception to. Yeah, I agree. I agree. How with you. many other than Thanksgiving had you ever watched the Detroit Lions game ever? <laughs> I, I mean, it's absurd. You cannot have possibly watched Stafford and have also made that statement and then also have like not been in a mental institution. Right. What a ridiculous thing to say. It was clear. That being said, did I think he would make a Super Bowl with the Rams? I, I thought in many respects it was Super Bowl or bust. Although, as I've seen the season play out, I kind of don't really feel like he has to make it per se, but mm-hmm. I agree with you. He has to show up. So you're picking Chiefs and Rams to sum yes. it up. Yes. And I, as I say this out loud and speak of a mental institution, I'm picking the Bengals versus Rams. <laughs> and I like it. I like it a lot. And I'm going to tell you if it's the Bengals and the Rams, one, despite the fact that I love Joey B, clearly, I love Stafford too. I want, in fact, I really honestly, even though my little heart, and I'm sorry, Joe, I might root for, in a way, Stafford, if it were to be Stafford and Burrow, just because I believe Stafford has less chances to win one, maybe right. than Burrow. But then again, being on the Bengals, you don't want to take any Super Bowl appearance for granted. Right, that's right. Uh, what is the game that you would want to see the least? Oh, geez, San Francisco versus the Bengals. Fair. Uh, to be fair. Uh, I, I don't want to say. Now, and would I think you say a, that the Chiefs and the Rams game. is what you want to see the most? Chiefs-Rams, yes. That's what you want to – I'm not mad at that. I would love yeah. to see Burrow versus Stafford. And, um, I mean, not only would that be a competition for the Lombardi Trophy, also a competition for the most handsome quarterback in football. Oh, that, that, that's a whole nother – that might be bigger than the Super Bowl. And, and let me credit, by the way, because I know we do a lot of talk about the quarterbacks. I do want to say part of the reason I think the Bengals have a really good chance, and that's not to say, by the way, Micah Hyde and Poyer out there in Buffalo, one of the great safety Duos. pairings in the league. Yes. This is another serious pair of safeties over here in Cincinnati. And just because the Buffalo Bills were not able to succeed in that regard, let's not be surprised if the Cincinnati Bengals show up on defense in this game. I still don't know his name. And maybe you could tell me because it's not Trey Hendrickson. Who is number 94 on the Bengals on defense? Oh, geez. 
Who the hell is that guy? When you watch this game this week, number 94, the guy, I mean, he's 10 stories if he was a foot. That guy looks like he's like seven foot five. There is not one player in the in the league in this playoffs that has popped off the screen more to me when I watch games than number 94 on the Bengals playing defensive end. I'll learn his name this week, and I'm sure for what it's worth, once I hear his name, I'll know who it is. Right. But he has been sensational. Yeah, and obviously, Von Miller has been tremendous, but we all know who he is. I'm talking about players that maybe we don't know. Yeah. Number 94 here on the Bengals, whose name I still don't know, has been so good. He's one of those guys that is just ripping off the screen when I watch the Bengals. I mean, he's been really amazing. That front four in Cincinnati is really good, man. They're playing. I know. They have a great group of safeties to go with it. I mean, they have a legit shot. I'm not just saying because I'm rooting. They definitely got a puncher's chance. I don't think there's any doubt about that. I just don't think that they, I just think the Chiefs are ready to play that. I think it's tough to go into the Kansas City Chiefs and say, okay, we're going to match you point for point and beat you. It's yep. just really tough to do. The Bills were damn close at doing it. They were damn close. Um, but, again, that's because they also have another freaking quarterback. That's a whole other discussion for maybe sometime in the offseason at that point. All right, Jay. You're picking the Bengals and the Rams. I got Chiefs, Rams, in the Super Bowl. Ladies and gentlemen listening, if you agree with us, let us know. Who do you got going to the Super Bowl this week? And um, with that, Justin, let's start to end the show, man. If you liked what you heard please hit the subscribe button to us, whether it's Google Podcast, Apple Podcasts, whatever podcast platform you're listening to, hit subscribe. You'll get updates on whether me and Justin push out any new episodes. He does a Colts cast where he does Colts talk. I do an Eagles cast where I talk about the Eagles. And we have a weekly episodic series called the Peace of Mind Podcast, which is what you're listening to right now. One other way you can help us out, leave a review. A five-star review is what we would like to see. We don't mind a four-star review, but really nothing lower than a four-star review because we have high standards here at the Peace of Mind Podcast. And last but certainly not least, um, well, not last but certainly not least, another way you can help us out, check out the Instagram page. Follow us at the Peace of Mind Podcast with a K instead of a C in the word podcast. And on there, you'll find a lot of content where we make fun of everybody in the NFL and talk about a lot of issues. And then last but certainly not least, Lots of important, lots of important issues, very important issues that are pressing to our society. That's right. I agree. If you want to talk, if you want to talk about philosophical shit, check out the Instagram page. Oh yeah. Big, big big philosophical brains over there. I know it's Asif and Justin, but also Aristotle and Plato. There you go. There you go. And uh, one more thing you could do, share this podcast with one other person that you think would enjoy this content because that would help out me and Justin tremendously. I think me and him are getting pretty good at this damn thing. We're so getting please. fucking damn good at this. This is this is at least the third week in a row where we've gotten to the end of an episode and there wasn't one point throughout, like I always think back, like by the time we get to this point in an episode, I always look back and I'm like, oh, that part didn't flow well. Yeah, That part didn't flow well. I'm going to tell you today, this was a fucking good episode it was and if you and if you disagree go screw yourself yeah go screw to, yourself and yeah. leave a five-star review on your way out yeah that yeah, means awesome i have to pee so fucking bad right now it don't is worry Justin. Unreal. i'm gonna end yeah. the show right now so everybody enjoy the weekend we'll see you next time love you guys see you next week